like apples. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Do You Like Apples podcast. We are 10 days away from the Oscars, and we wanted to give you guys a quick power rankings of the odds on favorites for the Oscars. If you have been paying any attention, you know what some of the favorites are. You want you know that there might be a couple long shots in there. But we wanted to compare the actual betting odds favorites to hopefully help you guys maybe win a little bit of money for just the best picture category and match it up with Drew and I, I being Billy Rock, who's actually flying solo today. Drew could not join us this week. And match those best picture favorites up against our personal favorites. And I wanted to group them based on how they shook out into a certain category from a movie that probably deserved to win Best Picture in the 84th Academy Awards, which is Moneyball. A do you like Apple's favorite? A I think just sports movie favorite. Um, a this year, uh, pretty uh, transcendently, the artist won this year. Uh, the Jane Dujardin vehicle that got him an Oscar too. Weirdly, a massive player that year. A fine movie. I totally understand why it caught some uh, some heat at the time. It, it, it was a Hollywood nostalgic type of thing. But Moneyball stands out as what should be the favorite. And I wonder, is Oppenheimer going to be that the artist? I'm not ready to shake out that hot take because Oppenheimer is great and deserves a lot of the praise that it is getting. But I want to use Moneyball as kind of that example and funny shtick to group some of these uh trio of movies that we've moved together uh, into a category and try to create a theme around my thoughts around the movies that are being not that have been nominated and then have a chance of winning. Um, so again, I am by myself, bear with me. I'm going to try to get through this and uh, this will be a ton of fun. I appreciate you guys listening and uh, let's just get right into it. Uh, we're going to go instead of 10 to one, like most lists do, we're going to go one through 10 of the, betting on favorites. Um, I think talking about Oppenheimer, the the favorite to win, if you've watched any of these award shows, you know that it, it's, it's going to win Best Picture. Um, there's no scenario really that I'm going to be guessing anything about Oppenheimer except for maybe in the screen, screenplay category, but it's going to win Best Picture most likely. And that matches up against me and Drew's favorite, uh, Drew's favorites of the year of, of the uh, best picture nominees is killers of the flower moon. And mine is past lives. Um, and this category is a Moneyball quote. All these are Moneyball quotes that we're grouping this into is the, I can't compete against a $120 million payroll with a $40 million payroll. That feels like what Oppenheimer is. It's a $120 million payroll against everything else in this category that just isn't up to snuff uh, commercially, critically, in a lot of cases. And it, it just feels like that it's going to be the big winner of tonight. But the reason I'm putting it uh, in that this silly category is because you you want to work out as a movie fan scenarios where your favorite movie, whether it's small or big, Killers of the Flower Moon, obviously big, uh, even though it, it probably had a similar budget to Oppenheimer, it, it feels smaller. The story is smaller. Marty, despite his grandeur as a director, 
doesn't fully uh, shoot to scale like Christopher Nolan does. And then Past Lives, my favorite of the year, uh, small, small movie, uh, uh, a, a decent box office player for what it is. Uh, probably got made for around 10 to $15 million. I think it definitely made its money back. But seeing these group together uh, just was a weird feeling throughout today. Uh, earlier today, I was looking back on Drew and I's way too early predictions. And I was like, oh, I think I, re- I, think I remember that I'm going to come out on top on this one. Drew drafted Oppenheimer in the first round. I drafted Killers of the Flower Moon in the first round. Drew's going to beat me there. So I kind of was feeling down on my predictions. Um, but then that transitioned into later today where uh, I was listening to Rodrigo Prieto, who is the cinematographer for Killers of the Flower Moon and for Barbie. He was on the Mark Marin podcast, the uh, WTF podcast. And he was talking about his career and he brought up some documentaries that he had worked on with Oliver Stone, uh, one of which is Commandante, uh, which is a Fidel Castro documentary where they have him. They, they, they have conversations with him. They interview him. They, they dive deep into his dictatorship in Cuba. And then more recently, uh, there is an Oliver Stone movie that he shot as well called The Putin Interviews. And Rodrigo Prieto went into his thought process on how he shoots documentaries. And the way he was speaking about it, he was talking about how there's not really any time to set up shots because it's a documentary. You have to capture the moment you're in. You're really just worrying about if it's in focus and if you can see the figures that are being filmed on screen. So that lens that a movie like that is shot in is where I'm comfortable examining massive historical figures. So I think the main reason for my apathy towards Oppenheimer in this award season, again, a movie I really like, is the grandeur that Christopher Nolan places on top of a biopic like this. And Oppenheimer, especially, I wouldn't say Oppenheimer is necessarily as complicated of a figure on the most obvious American face of it than Fidel Castro or Vladimir Putin. But you you just see what he invented and what he helped invent at least. And you see the destruction from that. You see the complicated nature from that. And it's given a huge lens uh, in budget and the uh, ensemble cast that it's given and Christopher Nolan being our most original box office uh, player uh, for mainstream directors going right now. And of course it makes sense that Oppenheimer's here, right? Uh, you, It has the World War II historic aspect. It, it just, it, it punches the ticket in every category of why it should be here and it deserves it. But I, I am a little bit tired of the conversation around it in terms of award season. Uh, even though I'm a movie fan, I typically want my favorite movie to win. Uh, in most years, if a movie like Oppenheimer came to the forefront and it wasn't my favorite movie, I really wouldn't want it to win. But this movie was so this movie year was so strong. Uh, the fact that movies like Killers of the Flower Moon and in the past, uh, the recent past, movies like Past Lives seemingly have a chance to win Best Picture. Uh, think of movies like Moonlight and uh, like movies like Coda, who just kind of come out of nowhere, Moonlight being a masterpiece, Coda kind of just being in one of those weaker Oscar years and able to sneak through. Um, so I don't really think there is going to be an upset here, but I, I, I'm still conflicted. I'd be interested to hear what you guys think of, do you guys 
think of biopics as needing to be this smaller uh, lens into a complicated figure and really get into the psyche, but then adding that grandeur into it that kind of mirrors the atomic bomb. It, it's conflicting. The, the scale is conflicting and scale has kind of always been conflicting for me in the last 10 or so years of me being really into movies. So I'm excited that Oppenheimer is the favorite, but we're kind of we're kind of at the point where just let's shake it up. Maybe we can get some early signs at the beginning of the Oscar telecast that maybe gives us some some chaos that uh, Killers of the Flower Brood or a movie like Past Lights can maybe get up there. So we're going to get into the next two and three on the list and we're going to move through these quickly. I couldn't, frankly, I just couldn't come up with a category name that was as cute as uh, these Moneyball quotes that I paired with these categories. Um, so the next favorite is Poor Things. Um, and then Drew's second favorite of the year is Oppenheimer. And my second favorite of the year is Poor Things. That's two out of three. We're making consensus. We're going to put it in that number two spot. And then for the third odds on favorite is the holdovers, which going back to my way too early predictions, I drafted that in the second round. That was kind of my, my flagpole moment. Uh, Drew, you're, you're obvious, man. It's obvious to pick Oppenheimer in the first round. I saw Alexander Payne. I saw Paul Giamatti. I saw that this has a chance. And kind of until poor things became a box office sensation of its own, kind of in that Godzilla territory. Uh, if you guys have followed the Godzilla story at all it's uh the first time the japanese studio that created godzilla uh got it back for the first time it's made its first movie in a long long time since the 70s or 80s and they released it the budget was modest 15 to 20 million dollars for a huge special effects movie and it's made a lot of movies overseas and poor things is kind of there yorgos lanthimos is maybe a box office director now um he's hasn't quite caught on nearly as much as he has overseas here in the united states He's a household name, and uh, I'm, I'm 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 excited to have that with this group, and I think it's going to shoot it ahead. Uh, but the holdovers is kind of in that same category, um, so I, I'm I'm giving myself props. Poor things was nowhere on our way too early predictions list. We were we were way off on that. Um, but then we got our next category, um, and this one is in the fifth spot. Barbie. Um, I'm. I was surprised the odds aren't a little bit higher in this one. It hasn't really been in the conversation for uh, the big best movie of the year and other cat and other award shows either, but it's the other box office sensation of the year. It's the number one box office sensation sensation of the year. And it hits a lot of the same notes that Oppenheimer does. You have the very famous auteur director. Uh, she's Greta Gerwig has been working uh, a less amount of time than Christopher Nolan. She's younger uh, the Oscars is notorious for one not honoring female directors all that often, and really much at all besides Catherine Bigelow and uh, Jane Jane Campion. Um, so it, it it's that, and also hey, you're young, it's not your time. But I, the reason I I'm excited for this group is I'm naming this group uh, the our goal and our expectation by the All Star Rig is to be within seven games of first place, and that would be this working exceptionally well. That's kind of where these are. So the other two on this list are the zone of interest, which is Drew's fifth favorite of the year and my fifth favorite of the year, which is killers of the flower moon. Uh, no, sorry. Fourth favorite of the year is killers of the flower moon. So uh, to go back a little bit, when we got to the poor things, Oppenheimer's his favorite, second favorite, poor things, his second favorite, the holdovers, number three, betting odds, favorite Drew's third favorite is past lives. And my third favorite is the holdovers. Um, so look to me if you want to make some money this year, 
on the favorites because uh, uh, so far I'm lining up, lining up pretty good. Number two and three, uh, but number four here with that mixture, that kind of in the mix conversation, um, all of these movies have throughout the year sh- kind of shot up and down of, Oh, this could maybe be the favorite killers of fire moon came out in October. Oh, oh uh, it's Marty. It, it's Leo. It's Lily Gladstone in a breakup performance. It's, it's a historical epic type movie. Uh, yeah, that's got to be a clear favorite. And the, we, we kind of Oppenheimer came out before that. So we forgot about Oppenheimer for a little bit and, and forgot about Barbie a little bit. And then you have the zone of interest, another world war two uh, movie. Um, I have not seen this one. Drew has, we'll kind of get into the not seen in our last category of the evening. Um, but this one has been in terms of hype has been talked about the entire year. I feel like Jonathan Glazer, the director hasn't made a movie in about 10 years. Um, his movies are super niche and, uh, out there kind of in a Yorgos Lanthimos. Uh, I think it's going to take him a while if he keeps, uh, making movies consistently and then maybe not having such a huge gap, maybe in seven or eight years, he'll be in the Yorgos lane, but people are, are giving him the, uh, the approval to be named one of the best auteurs working in this industry right now. And the zone of interest is about a Nazi who lives right outside of a concentration camp. I can't remember if it's uh, one of the notable ones like Auschwitz, but he lives right outside of a concentration camp and puts the audience in that scenario of the obviously complicated aspects of someone kind of purposely ignoring the atrocities that are happening literally on another side of a fence. It looks like from the trailer. So these three movies in the, we just need to be seven games of first place. I think if it can maintain any type of momentum, Oscar voting had just ended, has just ended two or three days ago. And I, I think the, 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 the voting body has gotten a little bit bigger, a little bit more diverse. Uh, it's given movies like parasite uh, a chance to win and maybe the zone of interest, uh, gives herself a, a little bit of a surprise here. Um, but we're going to move through these next five or so before we get into the last category of the evening. Again, I, I came up with these cute categories. I couldn't figure out once for all of them, but we got the fifth favorite of the year, which is anatomy of a fall, which is a movie drew has not seen. And uh, drew and I both have not seen a couple of movies. We'll talk about those as we get to them. Yeah, this is Anatomy of a Fall in the fifth spot for betting odds. Drew's fifth favorite is Barbie. My fifth favorite is Oppenheimer. And the sixth spot for betting odds favorite is Killers of the Flower Moon. And then we got Drew's six, which is The Holdovers, and my six, which is Barbie. Seventh place for odds on favorite is American Fiction. Drew's is Poor Things. Mine is Anatomy of a Fall. In the eighth spot, Past Lives, Tragedy. My favorite of the year, love it, is uh, the eighth betting on betting odds favorite and then we got maestro for drew's eighth and american fiction for his eighth the reason hey maybe we would have liked these uh more or less than the ones we haven't seen but now we're in that uh eight nine and ten spot or the nine and ten spot where i have not seen these movies uh drew has not seen american fiction or anatomy of a fall i have not seen the zone of interest in my show we promise we will see these by by oscar night that's drew and i's goal every year is to just see the best picture category. Um, and we, we will finish that. And once the move, once the Oscars happen, we'll maybe talk about those on a little bit more depth. So I wanted to, obviously we can't talk about those. 
So I wanted to create a who's Fabio category. Um, if you know Moneyball, uh, you know that's in the scene where they're all in this very uh, horribly lit room. They're discussing players that are on the board, talking about guys that have great asses who have uh, attractive or not attractive girlfriends. And uh, Brad Pitt, Billy Bean, gives this, uh, you guys are looking for Fabio. And one of the old scouts just goes, who's Fabio? And that's where I want to talk about two movies just quickly. We've talked about these before. One of the movies we've dedicated a full episode to. I think both these movies we did dedicated a full episode to. So uh, I texted Drew about 15 minutes before I came on to record. And I said, hey, we both haven't seen two movies. Give me two that you wish would have been nominated for Best Picture. And lo and behold, we both said the same ones uh, and just flipped. So his two that he would want in are Asteroid City and May, December. And mine are May, December and Asteroid City. So May, December was my favorite movie of the year. Asteroid City, uh, Drew and I both had that in the number three spot of our top 10 of the year. And I think Drew had May, December make it on his top 10. I'll have to verify that later. But um, so, yeah, that's the Who's Fabio category. We wish these, these could have been involved in uh, maybe not so stacked year. They could have gotten in there. I don't know. Just, yeah, this this 2023 year was so stacked. And I just want to go through these odds favorites to just talk it out a little bit, gear you up for a big week uh, next week where we're going to be reacting to the Oscars and talking about Dune 2, which might be one of the favorites for the Oscars this year. Feels a little bit too sci-fi and big but man the reviews are there and maybe we're in our box office era of oscars it's not always the case when the box office gem of the year uh, gets uh recognition like this but maybe this is the era we're in the last five years or so we've seen a lot of smaller movies come in and take the mantle uh god forbid that smaller movies get a chance in these award shows uh so it's not the best thing to always see box office players but um you got kind of the competing box office champions right now, at least of, I know Dune is IP, but no one's successfully done that before. And Oppenheimer is an original story based on the book. I mean, um, and it's kind of Denis and Nolan right now, duking it out for who's our big box office champ of the year. That is kind of being crowned uh, with, with that mantle with a little bit less prestige, uh, but both I think are eventually going to get their due. And it seems like Nolan is and, uh, we'll see if Denis can do the same. But guys, thanks you for coming on for this quick episode here. I am Billy Rock. Drew will be joining us next week for two episodes for Dune 2 Reactions and Oscar Reactions. We hope you join us then. Uh, please subscribe to our newsletter. That comes out every Friday morning on Substack. Uh, follow us on Instagram and X at you like underscore apples. Follow us on Letterboxd at you like apples. And... Thank you to Ryan Jenkins for the intro music and thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys next week. Do you like apples? Do you like apples?